Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Dive into the Dip Dye Collection with Yumiko this month. Just in time to sprinkle some spring color into your wardrobe, a variety of exclusive selections are launching online. Each is hand-dyed by designer Yumiko Takashima and boasts a range of hues that are completely one-of-a-kind. These fan-favorite items sell quickly, so be sure to check them out today. Additional ready-to-wear items will launch mid-month, and although stores will remain closed until further notice out of precaution for COVID-19, keep in touch with all things Yumiko at yumiko.com and at yumiko on Instagram. I'm Rebecca King-Ferraro. And I'm Michael Breeden, and you're listening to Conversations on Dance. This week, we are joined by our friend Giovanni Furlan, soloist with New York City Ballet. Born in Joinville, Brazil, Giovanni started dancing at the age of 11 at the Bolshoi Theater School in Brazil. In 2010, he participated in the International Ballet Competition in Jackson, Mississippi, and was offered a full scholarship to attend the Miami City Ballet School by Edward Valella. He began his training at the MCB School in 2011, joined Miami City Ballet in 2012, was promoted to soloist in 2015, and named a principal dancer in 2017. Giovanni joined New York City Ballet as a soloist in August of 2019. We talk with Giovanni, who we both danced with for many years in Miami, about his origins with ballet, why he had his eye on coming to dance in the U.S., joining MCB under the directorship transition, and how his new position at the New York City Ballet came about. Hi, Giovanni. Thank you so much for joining us virtually today for the interview. Hi, Becky and Michael. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. We're so happy to so talk. We're excited. Yay! <laughs> we've been, like we were just saying before we um, started recording, that we've been wanting to have you for a very long time. And it feels like the right time to have a very good friend on the podcast right now in these crazy times. So we're glad that you took time out of your quarantine schedule for us. <laughs> 
Yes. All right. So let's just get started from the beginning. Tell us a little bit how, about how you first fell in love with ballet. Uh, so I started with ballet. It's a little funny, I think, because uh, no one in my family were, was ever, you know, close to the arts in any way mm-hmm. or um, to dance or music, any sort of, you know, performing arts. And uh, when I was 10 years old, uh, the school, the Bolshoi has a school in my hometown in Brazil. And they would go around, you know, like regular school. I was in fourth grade at the time. Mm-hmm. And they just uh, asked who wants to try out to maybe join the school. And it's very, you know, like the Russian, you know, mythology that they think, you know, for dance, you have to have a certain type of body. So that's sort of kind of how they pick their dancers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they just asked who wants to try out. I raised my hand. Not even because of so much interest. Honestly, my grandma had convinced me that I should try it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She knew I liked dancing, you know, dancing like family barbecue. So like Brazilian music, not Aww. like any other kind of dance. Yeah. So she knew like I had rhythm and I guess I was like kind of like flexible. I could do like a split and I would do it for the family and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, That's not a surprise at all. <laughs> <laughs> she convinced me to try out. So I went. Um, yeah. And they basically just send you to like you stand in front of like physical therapists and like doctors and they just like examine your body they rotate your hips and they like lift your legs they see like your dorsiflexion like how long your limbs are so Mm -hmm. it's it's more from like a like a physical like medical standpoint that they decide whether they want to take you in or not like you don't have to have any knowledge of dance right Mm -hmm. so that's how i got into the school so then after that like my first my first year in the school, even the first couple of years, actually, I didn't really understand what I was doing. I just like did what I was told. It's not even like I loved what I was doing. And it was like very physical and painful. It wasn't like very artistic. It was just, you know, like do like this crazy exercises and like gym, like we had like gymnast class and we had mm-hmm. other classes too, but it felt like <clears throat> just very like just do what you're told and like go with it. So it wasn't like, oh, I love, like it didn't feel like, I'm doing this beautiful art form. It felt just like very like brutal. Like, oh, I have to be this mm. like perfect little soldier. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that um, obviously those of us that know you're dancing, one of the traits that immediately comes to mind is your flexibility. Did you think that you're, you're saying you had gymnastics class? Did that contribute to that? Or were you always flexible as a child? I was always naturally flexible. I did have like, like I said, like I could do a split without even ever like, have stretched before in my life. So that was something that I had, but definitely like, like I could do like a, a like a Alessacon split. I couldn't do like right and left split. So that one I could always do. So I acquired a lot, but like naturally, I think, yeah, my body had the tendencies. So you're obviously you had very strict um, Russian training then um, during this time in the school. So when was it that you decided that you might want to be interested in looking elsewhere and looking like outside of this comfort zone of this um, Russian studio? So um, the, the school was very, very strict. And honestly, like they all I believed in is that there was dance in Russia and that I could dance at the Bolshoi because that's all we I thought about. That mm-hmm. Most of us thought about the like ballet, like if you want to do it professionally, you're going to go to the Bolshoi in Russia since this is the Bolshoi school in Brazil. Right. And uh, with time, I think like having uh, YouTube, like access to YouTube, which at the time in Brazil that I started like, I started like having knowledge of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was like 
13, 14, that I started seeing videos of other like companies and like American companies. And the one that we hear the most about was like American Ballet Theater. So mm-hmm. I watched a lot of like ABT videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I started like seeing like, oh no, I can do this like somewhere else. Like it's not just there. Like there are companies all over and people mm-hmm. live off of this. Like mm-hmm. dance is so much more than just, you know, being Russia. And then I always started thinking that like Russia just felt for me that it was like for Russians, you know, right. like, that mm-hmm. I would not like in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that was that the access to like having information and videos from other places that made me want to like think about going elsewhere. What made you become interested in Miami City Ballet and what made you know that that company was the right place for you? Well, so I wasn't, I actually had never heard of Miami City Ballet, you know, just had never heard of it. And I went to a competition uh, in Jackson, Mississippi, it's called mm-hmm. the Jackson ABC. Mm-hmm. Happens every four years. And it happened to Edward Villala, um, the founder of Miami City Ballet and our former boss was there and uh, Roma was also there our principal ballet mistress Roma Sosenko and she they both saw me in the competition and they saw me the first round and because we had uh, it was a three week long competition and they saw us in class all the dancers in class and they offered me a scholarship at the end of the the competition which Mm -hmm. also I did terrible (laughs) in the competition I didn't even make it past the first round (laughs) 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 they offered me the scholarship so after that uh, when I came back to Brazil, I told my the artistic director of my school at the time that I had gotten the scholarship. And then I found out, he said, oh, yeah, my daughter dances at this company. So mm-hmm. it's, it was Natalia's Natalia. Her oh, father funny. was my artistic director, and I had no idea he had a daughter, uh. let alone that she was a dancer. So my city ballet. Uh-huh. Um, I, didn't, I didn't choose it. I didn't think about it, honestly. I had never really, I mean, I knew Serena. That was the only balancing ballet that I knew. Um, mm-hmm. So it was, I mean, I, I wanted to go and I wanted to go to the United States. So this just felt like a door opening. And I knew that, you know, if I didn't like, I just being in the States, I could have like auditioned somewhere else if I didn't feel like it was a good fit for me. And and I was young, like I got the scholarship. I had just turned 17 mm-hmm. uh, and I moved, I did, like I was about to turn 18 when I moved a few months before I turned 18. So I felt like it was a good transition to like still be in a school, learn another, another style and then see where that would take me. Yeah. So what was the transition technically like for you since, I mean, um, that sort of hardcore 21st century Bolshoi training is very different from Balanchine. Um, what, what was that transition like for you? extremely um it wasn't difficult but the the contrast between what was asked like in class like from day one especially Mm -hmm. because my first teacher at miami city ballet school is carter alexander Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. he has a you know specific way of teaching and the musicality was the biggest change for me like the Mm -hmm. way we accentuate our steps and like tanjus at bar and i remember like like just doing a tanju and like realizing like oh my god like my i never crossed my tanjus like i've been doing this for seven years <laughs> like, you know like when you do a tanju you're so fit like wow what a surprise <laughs> um, so these these things about i think like uh musicality mm-hmm. and using like my full like just my full like port my whole body like 
my dance felt very, I think, separated for myself. Like, mm -hmm. like the limbs just moved and just coordinating everything, like the musicality with the arms, with the precision of the legs. So, mm -hmm. like, I think just thinking about musicality for my whole body, that's what Carter, like, brought out in me and what was the biggest, like, switch that I had to make. Mm -hmm. So as you were learning about these switches that had to be made, because I know sometimes some dancers might be like, oh, I don't like this. It doesn't feel the same in my body. I don't like it compared to my previous training. But was it something that you found really fit with your body and fit with your way of moving? Oh, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I was like, I don't want to dance any other way. It was, it felt, it felt great. And then like when I started seeing the company perform, oh my God, I, I just loved it. I was like, this is what I want to dance. This is how I want to move. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so as as you said edward valella was the one who brought you uh to the school um and then gave you your first job but very soon thereafter lourdes lopez um took the helm of the company was that um sort of nerve-wracking for you since the person that had um shown interest was no longer there you know like i was so oblivious i was just there i was just doing it i mm -hmm. don't it didn't like it didn't phase me. I I mean, of course, I remember so clearly when everything happened and like how the, all the dancers felt. Like mm -hmm. we tried to talk to the board and like, but to me, and honestly, I didn't even think about that. Like, oh, this guy hired me. Like, is this person gonna believe in me as much as Edward did? Like, is Lord is going to push me as much as Edward would have? I didn't even think of that to be honest. Mm -hmm. Right. I was just there. It was so fresh for me. Like, I had so joined. Early. This yeah, it was yeah. so early. Like I had joined the school in January, but I think like March, I became a student apprentice. And then the first thing I did was like Romeo and Juliet, which was program four that year. Mm -hmm. And then we went to Paris. And then in Paris, like I had to learn so many ballets. And then I went just to do Love Vols. And then I ended up doing like Square Dance, PC2, mm -hmm. uh, Theme and Variations. And then we started a new season. So to me, everything was just like going, going. Yeah. Going 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 and i was still getting adjusted to like being in a different country and like speaking a different language every day so i think that transition feels like a blur to me like mm -hmm. i know i think i was that last dancer that was like officially hired by edward but to me i mean i feel like you know i was the lourdes dancer because i i he gave me my core contract but by the time i became a core member it was with her mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it was like strange yeah that that was one thing we kind of skipped over because I almost forget that, of course, when you came to this country, language is, was a huge barrier for you. You spoke no English. Is that right? When you came here? And what was that? No, no. I I, I was fluent in, in English oh, when I came. Oh, you were already. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I so, never thought of you with like <laughs> having that challenge. Yeah. Uh, so that I love that too, like being able to just like speak something. Oh, and I loved like I had words. On like teaching myself English for years just because I loved all the movies and the music and I wanted to understand what everything meant oh, that's cool. mm -hmm. like it's a, like the most universal language you know so yeah. of course like it's the easiest one to grab and it served so you. That, was, that was oh yeah that was super super helpful awesome. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so um then when Lourdes came she did actually um continue to give you opportunities and attention. So what were some of the uh, first roles that you were starting to um, work on, first major opportunities? 
My first major opportunities with Lourdes. Well, uh, the first season that we had with uh, Lourdes was still under, it was Edward's uh, repertory that he had picked. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it had, like, I was already, for example, did dances at a gathering that season. And I I had already started working on, like, Green Boy, which was a huge opportunity for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And to me, it was just amazing that she kept me in all of that when she came. Mm -hmm. Um, So she kept, like, giving me that and Edward had put me to learn uh, Cavalier. My first season, Lourdes kept me learning Cavalier when she um, when she got into the company. Mm-hmm. I think season three was uh, one of the huge, doing you know, uh, Turning Boy, and Symphony Three movements. Mm-hmm. When I first got to do Romeo and Juliet, and she cast me as Romeo, which I never expected. I was in the core, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then when was, I'm trying to remember the trajectory, because then you had surgery. Was that during her first year as director at the end of it? Yes. At the end. So how did that, how was, first of all, how was that, what was that injury like for you? And what were you feeling in terms of like, Lourdes is so new here. I'm still new. What will this mean for my future when I get back to dancing? Well, I started hurting. It was literally when she had started, we were doing a, Okay. It was like the first program that we had that Lourdes was the artistic director. Our she favorite was, ballet. Oh, Le Patineurs. Our favorite ballet. <laughs> yeah, what I can't imagine know? why that hurt you. I can't even imagine. Right? Yeah. Like, I mean, uh, it was the most in shape I've ever been in my life, frankly. <laughs> but <laughs> it, was, it was so hard to say. Yeah. I remember I hadn't, like, going to the wings, this has never happened, still hasn't happened again. Going to the wings sitting down i never sit down also when i'm dancing like i try to always be up yeah and like seeing stars literal stars like yeah yeah and i felt like my quads were going to explode oh this <sighs> quad heavy oh man it was so crazy remember those oh my god remember those jetes at the end were you guys doing it maybe you were in a different cast when the lights went I out was. Oh, yes, I, I was. that was the only time I ever <laughs> finished the ballet, not on my back. Like normally I would run into the wings and immediately collapse onto my back. Right. But that's the part, A, because the excitement of the lights going out, like gives you a little boost. Yeah. But also because mm-hmm. I was the one that had to do all the grand jetés at the, the end. end. Yeah. And I didn't have to do them. So I was just like, bye. <laughs> yeah. So, so just to about. say for our listeners, like there's a part where you just do big grand jetés on stage but you cross each other multiple times and you go back and forth and back and forth right and die. so the lights on the stage went out just as we were about to cross and it was like the most terrifying thing because it was pitch black and then it was just like is someone gonna body slam me right now? i really remember scary. people like yelling out loud i think i think i, I, think I said like, stop, <laughs> stop. <laughs> it was so scary oh my god it was really scary and the saddest thing was that they were filming and I think it was like Shimon's only show uh-huh. and then mm-hmm. they lost the video because <gasps> it cut in the middle we lost power <laughs> oh, that so is he sad. never got the video I yeah. don't know why that makes me laugh oh, yeah. okay anyways so, we went on a detour <laughs> we're back so yeah that was a ballad where I got and where my foot started hurting I remember landing from a jump and my foot just started hurting mm-hmm. and I was dealing with that injury for that entire season <laughs> I went on and off of a boot. I got a cortisone shot. You wouldn't get better. You wouldn't get better. Mm-hmm. Um, did the whole season like that. I think I missed one program that we did the new Liam Scarlett. Uh, the, mm-hmm. you, that was the mm-hmm. Oh, that one. Yes. Okay. And I came back 
uh, I finished the season, but it still it wasn't getting better. And then mm-hmm. by the time we're gonna come back to our June rehearsal period, mm-hmm. it was decided that I needed to get um, surgery. Mm-hmm. And uh, throughout that entire entire process, Lourdes was so wonderful. I think I don't know. I honestly like I can't say how it would have been with Edward. Like I have no like everything would be just like <laughs> a different. Game. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if I would have been able to like even still dance. I was in so much pain, and um, she took so such great care of me. She paid so much attention to how I was feeling. She made sure you know I was seeing the doctors that I needed. She sent me to New York. I remember I barely you know I was just. She had known me for like four months. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know her husband, uh, George. So she sent me to New York. I stayed at their apartment. I saw all the doctors that she had seen when she was a dancer. So mm-hmm. Dr. I saw Dr. Bauman. Um, and it was decided I was going to get surgery in, uh, in Miami because he was a doctor that had trained with Dr. Bauman. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my surgery in June. Was this uh, Ostrogonum? I can't remember. Ostrogonum, it was, right? it was my FHL. I had oh. a partial tear in my Oof. Oh my gosh! Ugh. I didn't show it any MRIs because I had gotten so many MRIs by that point. It, was it the swelling was hiding it? I think. I mean, must have been. Must have been. Um, That's what happened to me too. Yeah. They opened it up and then they saw it, and um, so I had surgery in June. I think it was like June twelfth, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then by August, I mean uh, October, when we opened our season, I was back on stage. Amazing! Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. <clears throat> really really rough recovery um it was really hard as i they just i think kept me in a cast for really long mm-hmm. and in a boot i was in a cast for two weeks and then in a boot for six yeah so it was weeks total i up a lot of scar tissue i lost so much of my dorsiflexion on my left foot mm-hmm. it's just hard and like since i have like very loose like my plies are like completely different from one foot to the other yeah so it's really hard with that mm-hmm. i had the same thing because i had a tear in my um post hip tendon which is right next door to your fhl and that was a surgery that i had and it was the same they have to leave you in that cast way longer than like any other surgery because they mm-hmm. stitch up your tendon and it needs to like have so long to heal in that position and so that's like a real and i have the same thing with the plie and i can't wow that's really incredible i forgot that that was what that surgery was and you really came back quick from that yeah, like so. I do feel like I recovered, but I never like to this day. It's something that still like it's with me. Like I do not have a plie on my left foot, and it's really difficult, especially like when I'm jumping, like jumping around. I like to say that I'm like doing like big jumps, like grand jeté, like a manège, or like cabrioles and stuff like that. <clears throat> I feel I feel really normal and good mm-hmm. when I have to take off from two legs, like especially fifth. It's really hard because it's so uneven. Like mm-hmm. like I. I bend my knees and like my left heel wants to come up right away. And I have a plie. Like I have a deep, deep plie. plie yeah. On my, yeah. On my right foot. So like I have to like lift my right heel, like not lift, you know, but just like make it right. even. Yeah. This right. So, Ugh. yeah. yeah. So that I, we know that life, like mm-hmm. it's, it's just so strange when you're young, you don't think about those kinds of things. And then I guess as your body, I mean, you get older and you, um, yeah. deal with various injuries like for me it's my mobility and my big toes but like I can't like when I'm doing PT exercises I have to really s- pull back on one foot to make it even yeah but yeah. it's just like yeah. or your body becomes more and more uneven 
as you go. Yeah. 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 And then everything else adjusts too. Then it's like hips yeah. and then back and yeah. then neck. Yeah. Uh, anyway, again, we went on another tangent. Here in quarantine, we go on tangents in random directions, yeah. I guess. <laughs> we do what we want. We do. Yeah. <laughs> um, no rules. Yeah. So then when you came back that next year, you, Lourdes was able to hold a lot of those roles for you. Was that something that you were really concerned about what would happen for the following season after your recovery? Or were you feeling pretty good about the fact that those roles would be there for you? Uh, Lourdes was very good about, uh, being open and honest with me. And I think, uh, that, you know, that she believed in me, that she knew it was going to come back and everything was going to be fine. Like it was never spoken about Rose at that time. Um, but I think the timing of my surgery was good that it didn't keep me far away from working for too long. Right. I basically just missed the June period, which I was worried about because we were doing West Side Story mm-hmm. that season. And it was when JP came down. It was this huge deal. Um, and uh, I was learning Tony. And I missed, like, I didn't even learn. I wasn't even in the studio at that point. But once I came back, I felt like the things were still there for me. Like, that first program, I did um, Polyphonia. We did Polyphonia. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, like, the first thing that I did back was, you know, Waltz Boy and Polyphonia. We did Waltz Couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. They're <laughs> so mm-hmm. hard. <laughs> so hard. Uh, and, uh, and I still got to do the Waltz Boy and Serenade, that that program. And I was learning. That's when uh, Peter Frame had come down to do the Paul Taylor solo mm-hmm. an episode. So was, I remember being those rehearsals, like, in my sneakers, like, they, you know, I was just like learning the solo in sneakers, mm-hmm. like doing exercises like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but I had I had a great season coming back. I don't remember if I did. Now I don't remember if I did Cavalier that year. Mm-hmm. Maybe I maybe I did. I think yeah. you did. Yeah, I think that was my first year doing Cavalier. I think because I remember it being the first time in a long time we had new people in the paw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think oh, that's yeah. my first year. So, yeah, like I came back and I had a, mm-hmm. I had a great season, and I did, yeah, that's when I did Symphony Three, mm-hmm. and then I did the Taylor solo, and then I did the <laughs> ap- the, the Symphony section and episodes, and um, yeah, lots of things. It was, it was a good season. Yeah. So it would so, be very easy for anyone to just. Um, let the story continue from there. You know, you continued to get opportunities. You got promotions that stemmed from the opportunities. And then you could have lived happily ever after at Miami City Ballet as principal. But um, you had different things on your mind. At New York City Ballet, the company has pretty rarely uh, welcomed outsiders permanently on a uh, as company members. And I think presently you can count on one hand, the number of dancers who did not attend the company's school, the School of American Ballet. So what made you decide that you would audition despite the long long odds against you and the fact that you had a blossoming career as Miami City Ballet's newest principal? So I think the, then like going to New York City Ballet, as soon as I moved to the States and I like got to know Balanchine and then I saw where it came from, you know, like, there's this company that you never heard of that he found and he created all these ballets there. So he started, you know, like researching about New York City Ballet and, you know, just falling in love with all the videos and the dance and the movement. And then, you know, then I started learning like how 
you know, they have a school and they only hire from the school. So you're just, you know, a very like, okay, that would have been cool, but it's impossible. Right. And mm-hmm. not that, like I said, I loved, I mean, I love Miami City Ballet. I loved Miami City Ballet. It wasn't like I settled. I didn't even like, I wasn't going to go do anything else. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. so for years, you know, I just at Miami City Ballet, very happy, very, you know, I loved being there. And I remember even in having, in two occasions, I had a meeting with Lourdes where I said, like, I'm going to retire here. Like, I want to be here forever. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just had a very, I've had a very good there. Uh, but with, you know, just with time and like seeing the transition in New York City about how things were changing. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter Martin's living, leaving the company as their artistic director. Uh, they're them having the loss of three of their male principal dancers, which, you know, had a similar repertory that I had in Miami City Ballet. Mm-hmm. She also were very lucky because we do, you know, we are a balancing company. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was very lucky to do a lot of that rap. So it was really a thing of the moment. Like it was one Friday. I was very honestly upset uh, at that time, not personally with my situation at the company, but how I was seeing that thing, things were being handled around. I was not, like as much as I had it good, if I looked at just if I've had a very like from a very narcissistic point of view, my mm-hmm. situation was perfect at Miami City Ballet. I had nothing to complain about. Mm-hmm. Everything was wonderful for me. I got the roles. I got uh, honesty from like the staff. I felt, but when I started looking around, I was like, this is not a place I want to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that if I ever wanted to go to New York City Ballet, this is a good time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I remember coming back from Broward on, no, it was, yeah, it was Broward. One of our performance and, venues at Miami yeah, City Ballet. Of, yes. And getting home and just I parking my car and honestly just started crying because I was so like, just like burnt out and I was dealing with like plantar fascia on my foot and wasn't getting better. And then I was seeing the stuff that was happening around and I just felt like I need, I need a change and I want, I want to do more and I want to like, just like dance and be happy. (laughs) So that, that day I decided to send an email to New York city ballet. Um, and my only contact at the time was Justin Pack because we had worked with him. Uh-huh. Uh, and I have a close friendship with him as well. And I, he was part of the the four uh, directors at the time. The, I forgot the word now. Oh, the transition uh, team, the right? Transition Is that what they team, called yeah. them? Something yeah. like that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So the interim director, is that what they called them? There you uh, go. Maybe yeah. that's, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I emailed him saying, um, I know this is a little unorthodox, but if New York City Ballet is ever willing to hire anybody from the outside, I would love to try it out. Uh, I don't have uh, John, Jonathan Stafford's email, Craig, Craig Halls, or Rebecca's. Please forward this message. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have to be for right now. Like if it's for a year from now, five years from now, I just want to make myself available. Mm-hmm. And on the same day, uh, on the same day, he responded. I said, oh, great to hear. I'll forward the message and get, I'll get back to you. Uh, and then the next day they said they, would, they were interested and they'd love for me to come and audition. So 
that following week we had a, a layoff week mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had already tickets to go to New York because I was going to go f- visit my friend in Philadelphia and I had one night in New York mm-hmm. like a night like a day and a half uh, and they saw that I was there and I got an email saying well since you're here why don't you come and take class tomorrow mm-hmm. uh, I had sweatpants and a pair of ballet shoes because that I had taken to go to steps and like mm-hmm. so right. I, I yeah <laughs> uh so I borrowed like leggings from my friend um from Lee and I just went the next morning and I took class uh and they didn't want it to be you know like this huge deal so I was just there as a guest but right. I was auditioning so to just like not make a fuss about it Right. Uh, but it was it was kind of nice because I didn't have this like, oh, my God, I'm getting on a plane to go to New York to audition for New York City Ballet. Right. It kind of so happened like, so fast. It happened. It happened so fast. I mean, yeah. of course, I still panicked. I cried before going to bed and I cry when I woke up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. That sounds really <laughs> scary. Stuff. And I had yeah. never auditioned in my life also because right. of just how my. Oh, my wow. Yeah. I had never like for because I had never taken a summer program in my life. Oh, my the first God. one that oh, I was wow. gonna, yeah, the first one I was gonna take was the year that we went to Paris. But since I was an apprentice, I ended up going. So like those things, like there were a lot of like steps that I got to skip just because of how life happened for yeah. me. Mm-hmm. But well, I would you know, say you like, nailed your first job interview, your first audition that you ever did. <laughs> right? That's amazing. Oh, so so yeah. the, what happened from there then after that class? Well, after that class, I turned to uh, all my friends. I said, I'm definitely not getting this job. That was the worst class I've ever taken. <laughs> I was so nervous. So, yeah. so nervous. I bet. Um, Auditioning so, is the um, worst. Yeah. Rebecca yeah. escaped it entirely I did. for companies. But I did I did summer courses. Like, I can't yeah. even imagine not those even having that bad. experience. Yeah, yeah, those yeah. summer courses scared. must be frightening. Like, especially at the young age. And, like, you don't I don't know. Yeah. Or it's, unless you're very like oblivious, I guess, like I was, and you just like do it and you don't even think about it. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's like, it's got to be way more scary, though, to have one of those. Like, I always feel really bad, especially for those dancers that have had, been like laid off or something and they're like desperately trying to find a yeah. new job. That must be like the very yeah. worst. And I'm sure, you know, and oh, well, anyways, I was going to say this time is the time that people normally audition for companies. And I know a lot of that kind of got shut down. And so that's. Yeah. Right. Scary and terrible. Anyways, going back to something happy. <laughs> yes. Yes. So after that, um, yeah, it was just, you know, I remember shaking uh, Jonathan's hand at the end of class and just being told we'll keep in touch. And by that was on Thursday, I think that I took class, Wednesday or Thursday. And mm-hmm. then um, on Sunday, I just got a call from Justin uh, just not on a job offer or anything, but just asking if I was really serious about it, um, that they were interested, but they want to know how I felt, that mm-hmm. they didn't want it to be a thing where I came to stay a year or two and then left. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. And they asked, <clears throat> yeah, they asked about my rap, what I had done, uh, just to see like how they would f- fit me in yeah. or to happen. And then, I think a week after that, so two weeks after I auditioned, I got um, offered the position as a soloist. And honestly, if they had offered me a core member, I would have taken it. Like in my head, like I sure. would, yeah, I would have taken it because I wanted, 
It was, I think it was going to be, you know, it has been such an amazing challenge. And so I would have taken whatever they Aww. would have given. Mm-hmm. So great. So you accepted the job. <clears throat> what mm-hmm. sort of, um, did you have any differences in your preparation for your New York City Valley season than say what you would do on any other layoff? Were you like revving up, getting ready for um, that rehearsal period in a different way? Well, I had a lot of time. I had never had that much time off in my life. Like, because we finished the season at Miami City Ballet, I think it was like April 15th. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't going to start with, a, with New York City Ballet until August 27th. That's a lot. So it was, it was like four months and like two weeks, mm-hmm. something like right. that. It was a long time. Uh, I was dealing with plantar fasciitis on my foot at that time. Mm-hmm. So I was... I took a lot of time off, to be honest. But then I was just doing my normal things. Like, mm-hmm. I like to exercise normally. So I was just doing my Pilates. And, like, I was going to the gym and trying to keep up with my PT exercises. I did not do a lot of ballet, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, mm-hmm. I was just trying to, like, let my body heal. Yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. okay. You got, you got <laughs> deep into yoga during that time, too, which I love to see. Deep, yeah, and I we still love to am, see it. Love to yeah. see it. <laughs> and I I still am. Of, of course, it's like anything when you start, like, I, at least for me, like, I go really hard. And then, like, I start figuring out how much I actually do and need it. Like, in the beginning, I was like, every single day, which is, I still do yoga exercise every day. But it's not like I do a yoga class every day like I did before. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, right, right. But, yeah, so that's kind of how... And I think more than anything, I had to prepare mentally. There's so much changes in my life. Like I was in a relationship, you guys know, for like six and a half years. Mm-hmm. That that ended. So like there were a lot of transitions going on. And like just being like in a whole new world. Like I guess I knew people in New York City Ballet. I had a lot of, you know, like friends of friends or people that I had even like hung out with. But it's not like I really knew anybody. Right. Mm-hmm. All of that and living in the city. I had never lived by myself before. Mm. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. So, so that or like finding an apartment in the city, but like all of these pieces kind of came together. Like I found my Pilates instructor in Miami had a friend <laughs> that had an empty apartment. So I just like rented straight from her, like wow. basically through FaceTime. She showed me the apartment on FaceTime. <laughs> and like I pay my rent through like Venmo. Like she's yeah. just like, yeah, Venmo me a deposit and it's yours. I was like, great. <laughs> like, <laughs> And it's like a blocks from the theater. So like everything oh, nice. just kind of fell into place. Yeah. So what was, um, what were some of your first opportunities like this first season at New York City Ballet? There's been a lot for you. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Tell us. Well, the first, the first ballet that I started learning was um, Christopher Wilden's in DGV. Dance mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And um uh, I was I started learning the first movement, uh, but I was like an understudy. I think it was like third or fourth cast of that when I started learning. And the season was going to start like it was jewels, and then it was like for three or four performances of jewels, which I wasn't called for. And there were um, three, two or three performances of this program that DGV was in. So I was learning the first movement, and then casting came out. And I kind of just like, you know, looked through it, like, just like, oh, I'm not in it. And mm-hmm. then I see my name down for DGV, uh-huh. but with me, but with Megan Fairchild, I'm like, I don't learn anything with Megan Fairchild. <laughs> uh, so the casting came out before I had even been called to a rehearsal for the part. 
Oh right? my gosh. So it was two because the casting comes out two weeks before for you know to announce. Which of course and is so I, different from MCV life, right? Where we're <laughs> yes. used to. It's like you'll so you're gonna different. find out that you'll learn this for eight months and maybe you'll make right. it on stage. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> so so different. Right. And I knew, of course, just from like hearing from people that it was gonna be like that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and I was just try to go with it. Uh, so yeah, that was my first uh, opportunity that I got to do one of the four principal couples in DGV, and I started learning it like two days after the casting came out, I think. So I had like, what, eight rehearsals. Uh, but then some, another dancer got injured. So I got switched. I was second cast and I became first cast with a different partner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I got to do my first ballet with Ashley Bowder, Aww. like four days before. I was like, I was supposed to do it on Sunday. I ended up doing it on Wednesday. So that cut my rehearsal period even shorter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what was I that like? We, yeah. I always, I always wonder, um, a lot of New York City ballet dancers are used to that life. They've known no other life, right, than that insane short rehearsal process. And, of course, at Miami City Ballet, we have such a different process where we rehearse, like, at nauseam sometimes, right, because we have a lot more time. Yeah. So how was that for you, like, switching that in your head? And and after you're a little more familiar with it now, do you kind of like it more or, or do you still wish you had more time? Yeah, so in the that first, you know, the first time, like, doing DGV, I was scared, worried, not like extreme. I was just like, do I, I just felt like I didn't quite even know the steps and the counts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> since also actually about her had a lot on her plate that first week. She was doing so many things and rehearsing so many things. So like DGV was kind of like the last thing in her mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the other million things in her mind so that we didn't have that many rehearsals so for that i was i was a little panicked i went home twice and i would play the music i filled the suitcase with whatever i could find and i just did the pot of it like it was if like pretended that like my suitcase was actually about her. i actually oh told God. her that <laughs> <laughs> and that's amazing so, yeah but then when i went on stage like it felt like i peaked like the rehearsals like we ran it through without stopping once the day of the show that we, our dress rehearsal was the day of the show. Mm. It was like in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but then I, and I was like, oh, I got this. It's fine. You know, just got to mm-hmm. do this again one more time tonight. So mm-hmm. I did feel like I peaked at the show. And also like, I tried to just like uh, dive like, like fully. So I looked around and I saw like, this is how it is here. Everybody seems pretty chill. I mean, not um, chill, but you know, like, right. this is how it is. Like, They're used to it. We yeah. learn, rehearse, and we go. Of course, it's mm-hmm. easy because, like, they all came from SAB. They all have seen how it is. And, like, as apprentices, they go into parts. And, like, the rehearsal is like that. So they know. Mm-hmm. But for mm-hmm. me, it was, like, a whole new world. Like you said, I'm an MCB. Like, I mean, we would have, like, at least, like, five studio runs, maybe two of them with costume before we even got on stage yeah. for those. Two, at least two rehearsals on stage uh-huh. mm-hmm. one of them with makeup like so <laughs> yeah. you know um yeah in the beginning for that first experience it was a little frightening but then after that it just felt like normal honestly yeah honestly i love it honestly now uh i i just learned how to trust my body a little more and also trust that like sometimes it doesn't matter how much you rehearse because mm-hmm. if it's completely different on stage and then also now I notice, like, I loved, I remember feeling like, 
I remember having these conversations with a lot of people of like feeling like I thrived in the studio and was really happy. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, isn't this job about performing? Like sometimes right. I hate performing because I want to replicate what I felt yesterday every day in the studio. Because right. you get like you get, you know, you have a really mm-hmm. good grasp on your body and what you want to do. And then you have like, let's say, five studio runs where by the end you feel good. Right. And then you go to the stage and it's like a whole new world. Like not, right. you know, it changed perspective and everything. And then you mm-hmm. you get it's even more frustrating because you're so used to how good it feels uh, that you want to replicate that and mm-hmm. you won't have and now I don't even have time to get really good in the studio before I go on stage. So I feel like I peak on stage. That's, That's cool. you know, what what it's about. Like I did, mm-hmm. even like the felt like more towards now winter season i was dealing with a little knee inflammation and if i wasn't able to rehearse i'll be like you know i feel like i need to save for the show and like yeah of course it's okay <laughs> what? and i felt <laughs> i wasn't able to perform at all at all like yeah. it's crazy yeah mm-hmm. so how do you feel like mentally that changes things like do you actually feel like in a way you're maybe like less scared on stage because there hasn't been the same build-up and like time to process and like be in your head yeah like i'm definitely like of course there's the nerves and the adrenaline but i'm excited i'm gonna it's like an excited scare it's like it's like going getting on a roller coaster like you know i mean yeah you know you're like nothing bad can happen like the worst can happen you're gonna fall on your face but like Mm -hmm. excited to go out there and like uh like this is the moment you know not like every day having to like give a performance like Every single rehearsal is a performance. Like right, you have right. to give one hundred percent. Like the, it's about the performance. So I go out there like really, really excited. It's just like mm-hmm. do it, and it come. It, it feels just very genuine because there, there are very few ballets that I actually sometimes get to run without stopping before oh. going on. So like, see, that's like, that's when the panic would set in on my end. I just the stamina thing is scary, yeah. but you just have to trust yourself. Trust yourself. And Oof. yeah, you l- Trust I l- that you're in shape, I guess. Yeah. And like, and then you look around and you see everyone, you know, has a hold of it. And mm-hmm. you just, like Swan Lake, I mean, I, it was like three variations for Potidus. I never, not even my dress rehearsal, because my dress rehearsal was like bre- broken apart. Like uh-huh. I never ran the ballet without stopping. Never. What? So the show. Because like rehearsal was like, we had two hours for first and second act, which is first act. Mm-hmm. But it's like, and then two hours for uh, third and fourth act. But also there were there was an hour and a half or maybe two hours in between that. So mm-hmm. I had never done the ballet. And also even in, during the dress, it's, we stopped so much, like so much. Right. So, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, unfortunately, due to COVID-19, which is... The rest of the whole rest of the world has been affected. New York City Ballet was forced to cancel its spring season, which would have been your first spring season with the company. How are you coping with this, both emotionally and physically? I think, um, I mean, of course, it's extremely sad. And I, but from the beginning, I was already, I had already accepted. I didn't think it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of the things were going, right. uh, and. I felt like I pushed really far in the winter season, uh, mm-hmm. dealing with inflammation. So for me right now, it feels like a good recovery time for my body. Mm-hmm. That's good. Like things slowly, like it's you know, it's it's a curse, but it's been right now like a 
personally a blessing to my body that I can take this time to rest. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it just sucks. Like I was just really looking forward to like a lot of like, for the first time, like ballets were coming back because everything that I did was basically new. So there was some stuff coming back from like, you know, uh, fall and winter and uh, doing some new ballets. And just, you know, doing the full circle of, like, my first full season with the New York Mm -hmm. City Ballet. Mm -hmm. Like, with people. Um, And we also had our London tour that got canceled. That was right before the spring season was going to start. Uh, That was, that sucks. Because also, you know, Justin's, we're going to take Justin's new ballet, Rotunda, to London. And then my first season in D.C., um, the Kennedy Center. So, yes. But I feel, I feel. I honestly feel okay. I'm not freaking out. I'm not panicking. I'm like very calm about just, we never have time. Like, especially now having my first season there, it was insane. Like going from Nutcracker to two weeks of rehearsal for winter season and six weeks of performing. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the, last, the last week I did, I think 12 ballets in wow. one week. It was like, it was a lot. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think... Yeah, I think this is, it's been, you know, just trying to make what I can of it. And like, I'm, right. I'm taking like other classes. I started like taking French, which I've always wanted to. And I've oh. taken lessons online. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm doing like my Kundalini, which is like this type of yoga that I love. Like I became obsessed with it. Like back in December, I started doing like every single day. So I'm trying to focus on other yeah. things strong and hopefully mm-hmm. back for you know at saratoga that's what we're aiming for yeah so i hope it happens for us i think that's a great way to look at it because i i feel like i and it's so hard to know but on social media it seems like a lot of dancers professional dancers kind of are panicking and i understand why it's very scary to feel like when are we going to have to be all of a sudden able to dance on stage and in shape yeah. for that when you've kind of been like held up in a small space, right? You're not in a studio space, but I think like you're saying, there are so many opportunities here to heal your body and everybody has something, you know, that could use some love and also to kind of do some cross training things. And cause there are a lot of other ways to stay strong. I remember in layoffs, I would like never take a ballet class. I would yeah. only do like Pilates and swimming and yoga and like those sorts of things and come back and feel great and strong. Like there are a lot of ways to kind of keep in shape, I guess. Um, no, yeah, I totally, totally agree with that. And I think like also conversations that I've had with some friends and like from City Ballet and from Miami City Ballet, it's about also like that our careers are so, so short. So sometimes yeah. like missing a season does feel like, oh my God, the end of the world. But yeah. I think, you know, just it's different for everybody, like where I am mentally. Also, like when I moved to the city, like I started like doing therapy. I've been doing therapy since September and like it's changed. It's just like helps so much. And um, like mind like therapy, my, not. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Physical, like, like with a psychologist. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's been so, so wonderful. And uh, also like the, all the meditation and breath work that I do helps so much, like taking cold showers. It's been like the most amazing thing that I discovered. Like it's <laughs> awful, but it's so like, it puts you in such like a um, weird mindset. I love doing that. And huh? um, yeah. And honestly, like it's so crazy because I dove into like the greatest, I think part of my career right now, not greatest, but just 
I mean, I was so great. Career uh, highlight. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, and it's, it puts, uh, it put everything even more into perspective. Like, I think I was really like a little crazy, a little cuckoo, like about ballet, like everything was ballet, 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 like, and being in New York, I thought that the opposite was going to happen. It was going to get even crazier for me in my mm-hmm. head, but it's made me be a little more, you know, chill. Like so many people in the company go to school and like, it seems like it's so impressive to me. Like people have, you know, so many other interests. It is also just because the company works in such a different way. Like there are dancers that I don't see in the studio for like weeks because they're just in different classes and in different rehearsals. Like there are programs that I don't even watch because I'm not in and I'm doing something else at that time. So it's just like, I think that has helped. Like if maybe I was at Miami City Valley right now and this was happening. I don't know how if I would feel any different. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like that's just where I'm at. I'm trying to mm-hmm. like there's so much more that you know that you I can, can work on. Yeah. And I can explore like with my body as well. Like I'm trying to like you said, like doing other things to keep myself strong and mm-hmm. physical. Yeah. And your body loves that too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So once things clear up, what are sort of uh, long-term goals that you have for your time at New York City Valley? I mean, I would definitely love to. I mean, it's no-brainer, like, to become a principal with a company. And uh, not in a pretentious way, but, like, just being the opportunities that I've been given, like, which I never thought I would have. Like, mm-hmm. I would have, especially right now in my first season, like, I can see that happening if, you know, I keep working the the way I'm working and uh, you know being able to deliver and like trying to absorb everything that they wanna they want me to do and how they want me to dance mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I mean of course that's my main goal and like be settled in the city uh, you know learn more about you know balancing valleys like there's so many that I've never even seen yeah uh, but that's definitely my main goal to become a principal at the company first brazilian principal <laughs> yay really cool. uh, oh that'd be great <laughs> yeah i mean we had carla corbs which was oh, she's, right. she, she, she was soloist for she was one month yes yeah and then she, <laughs> she peace so out. yeah yeah so that would be you're really, next really, yeah really <laughs> well, cool Giovanni, thank you so much for chatting with us. We really appreciate it. And we're glad that you have such a happy and good outlook on what's going on right now. And when everything gets back to normal, we know you'll continue to thrive in your new career at New York City Ballet. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Giovanni. Love you. Thank you for joining us this week. If you would like to support the Conversations on Dance podcast, there are a few ways that you can help. Click over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Download episodes when you listen to allow our analytics to better understand our listenership. Join our Facebook group, Conversations on Dance, Friends of the Pod, or you can offer a donation. Conversations on Dance has always been and will always be free to our listeners. You can help us continue to create and produce this unique behind-the-curtain look at the dance world by visiting conversationsondancepod.com support. Thank you for tuning in. See you next week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.